Welcome to Unlocking Markets, a new RBC podcast. This is the place where we will be looking to bring you experts across the firm providing opinions on markets, global policy, sustainability, and macroeconomics, and how these feed into our investment decisions. I'm David Horsborough, Head of Client Solutions, and today I'm joined by my colleague Pierre-Henri de Monts de Savas, Senior PM and Head of Convertible Bond Strategies at RBC. Thanks for joining me today, Pierre-Henri. Um, I'm particularly glad to speak with you today as it feels like we're in an environment of higher uncertainty. Uh, there is a slight paralysis in the market where sentiment shifts on pretty much a daily basis. While a lot of conversations around investments are very stop-start at the moment, Convert seems to be one of the few areas where investors can engage today without necessarily looking for a change in valuations. Why do you think that is? Well, uh, thank you very much, David. I think you, uh, you're absolutely right. The key word here is uncertainty. Uncertainty um, keeps coming in discussions with market participants, with investors. Uncertainty about the economic scenario. Many investors think we might have a recession uh, in the US. Uncertainty about the monetary policy. We're not quite sure what the Fed is going to do next. Uh, uncertainty about inflation as well, which is a, a very new thing. Um, this is the first time we have meaningful inflation in the past almost 20 years. So uncertainty is, is, is really key. And in face of uncertainty, investors are looking for ways to protect their portfolios um, when volatility is going to rise. And this is a very strong view from our side that at some stage volatility will pick up. Uh, and they're looking for ways to diversify. And that's why converts have, uh, we, we think it's got to go into play in that risk mitigation and diversification uh, movement. Thanks, PH. I, I definitely see that. I, I think um, when we look at the markets at the moment, you've had a lot of commentary around uh, whether we're in a bull or a bear market. And um, it, it feels like converts is a way to keep optionality open while um, looking at um, trying to deploy risk in the current environment. Um, why, why, why do you think that is from a convert's perspective? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Look, um, especially uh, coming at it from the, uh, an equity investor perspective, uh, you want to retain some equity uh, exposure. You're not quite sure where the market's going to be. But at the same time, it's going to be a bull or a bear market or what kind of timing we're going to see. So you want to retain some exposure, but you want to reduce risk. Convertible bonds, because of this bond component um, that protect uh, equity investor against very large drawdowns, uh, are a, a very nice way to do that, to achieve this, maintain exposure, don't try to time the market, just mitigate risk. Um, and in fact, this is really appealing to a number of investors at present. Uh, we have one large investor in Australia, uh, who has been uh, using converts as part of the equity allocation precisely to that end uh, to mitigate risk in, the, in their portfolios. And in times of high volatility, this has worked very well for them. In terms of markets, uh, do you see this environment being localized within uh, the current sort of set of macroeconomic factors that we're dealing with? Or, or do you think this is more of a secular shift going forward? Um, is this heightened volatility here to stay for at least a little while? Yeah, I think it's an interesting question because um, many investors, many market participants um, think that we are changing regime. Um, when you think about it, since the global financial crisis, and you can even say since uh, uh, the Y2K bug of 2000, uh, central banks have been extremely accommodative 
we've been in this in this constant uh, accommodative monetary policy with very low inflation and all of a sudden we have a lot of inflation and a sense that central banks are not really on your side anymore uh, so obviously um, uh, there's a sense that we are changing regime and that going forward uh, we're going to have more inflation less accommodative uh, monetary policy uh, and uh, you know a number of challenges as well in terms of uh, reshoring uh, in terms of um, uh, environmental policies uh, in terms of trade tensions and all this is going to add up to um, to build a new investment uh, landscape uh, and i think convertible bonds as i said already i think it's an asset class which does very well in an uncertain world uh, i think they've got a big role to play uh, in portfolio diversification yeah and they, this seems like a, a an interesting um strategy for investors who uh, have mainly been invested across the equity spectrum over the last couple of years so uh, a good way to diversify that exposure through converts rather than um, some of the other defensive equity strategies that they might have tried to play in the past um, I, I know from looking at some of this, there are differences in the way that the converter universe is structured relative to uh, some of the low volatility or defensive equity strategies. Uh, are you able to talk about that a little bit? Just give us a sense of what that might be. Of course, convertible bonds are a low risk asset class. Uh, the level of risk is comparable to fixed income uh, asset classes. This is because they've got a, a bond component so as an investor, when you buy a convertible bond, your ultimate risk uh, is a fixed income risk. If things don't go well, you're left with a bond uh, and a claim on the company. So that mitigates your, your downside. And historically, it's helped investors um, to have an, a fixed income risk. However, at the same time, because you, you own this optionality to convert, you can participate uh, into the, uh, the the equity upside, um, and that's where it gets attractive for uh, for equity uh, investors. So, from a risk perspective, whether you allocate to low vol equities or to uh, convertible bonds, uh, you're going to achieve some kind of risk mitigation. Uh, you're going to achieve a lower risk, no doubt about that. Now, where the difference lies is in terms of sectors. What kind of companies issue convertible bonds as compared to low vol equities? Convertible bonds um, have a bias towards high growth companies. Um, low vol equities have a bias towards more defensive, uh, high dividend paying uh, equities. Low vol equities have done fantastically well over the past few years. Uh, and I think one reason for that is precisely because we were in this environment where interest rates would constantly go lower in a way, and that central banks would keep being accommodative. Um, I think that going forward, this trend will be challenged. Uh, and so um, I think that for the same level of risk, uh, you would prefer to look for other asset classes. Uh, and I think that's why Converse look attractive. Uh, at present. Yeah, and I, I think this concept of uh, yield as well around converts is uh, a really interesting one as well. Um, you know, even if there are moments of, of sort of weakness for equity markets, you're still getting paid this this coupon associated with the bond, which I know historically has been 
close to 1% or, or even lower. Um, but now with the reset in rates, it, it's much higher. Uh, so you, you definitely uh, benefit from this, this income positioning. Uh, in terms of the growth environment that you just mentioned, um, one of the things um, that I don't think we could get away without mentioning is AI uh, and the, the recent excitement around that, specifically around equity positioning. Uh, is uh, the AI theme playing out in convertible bonds at the moment? Yes, absolutely. Uh, convertible bonds are a preferred instrument for fast-growing companies when they need to raise capital quickly to invest. We're not quite sure uh, what are going to be the implications of AI in the long run over the full economy. However, it seems that we're going to have a wave of capex in the tech sector uh, related to AI. Um, experts don't necessarily fully agree but on the exact number. However, the proportion of data centers which are AI ready is probably between 5 and 15%. So it's really low. Those data centers need to be upgraded, which means that um, in terms of semiconductors, in terms of software, there will be a number of companies that will see a boom in investment and in revenues, of course, uh, on the back of this uh, AI uh, revolution. And I think converts will naturally play their part uh, in that uh, CapEx expansion. Because, as I said, uh, for fast-growing businesses, uh, they are a quick and easy way to raise capital. Um, and we've seen that time and again. Um, and so, definitely, that will be a, if um, this CapEx wave comes to fruition, Converse will be, will benefit. And, and just, you know, staying on the subject around how the convertible universe is structured, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the focus over the last couple of months has been around um, the US and what's happening in that equity market. And uh, I know the convertible bond universe is global, uh, especially the one that you look at. Are, are you able to talk about how the geographical exposure um, is structured at the moment and, and where you see the, the biggest opportunities from a regional perspective? Together with the, with the team, uh, we look at opportunities in convertible bonds across all regions. Um, and I think you're, you're, you're right, geographic diversification will be a very important theme uh, in the coming years. U.S. has been such a big winner uh, during QE, uh, we think that could change. You mentioned Japan, uh, which is seeing a big revival. Uh, European equity markets have started doing a lot better as well. Um, and all these regions are present in the global convertible bond universe. Uh, just to give you an idea, um, as a rough guide, 40% of convertible bonds are issued uh, by US issuers, uh, around 30% by European issuers, and the rest is in between Asia and Japan. So it's very well diversified geographically, and I think more and more we'll see opportunities arising outside of the of the of the US um, and that that can also be a, a good argument um, for investors to look at converts thanks ph um, I think um, it, it's a really interesting opportunity especially from an equity mindset perspective um, I, I guess one question I would have to ask is um, you know given the hybrid nature when you're looking at converts where do you come at it from are you looking at it as a, a bond investor or an equity investor 
Well, when you uh, when you invest in convertible bonds, you need to have a really holistic approach. You need to look at the business uh, from all angles, I would say, uh, and that's what makes it really interesting. In a way, if things go really bad and the company gets in trouble, you want to understand what's going to underpin your uh, the value of your investment. You could say even your recovery. Uh, so, what about intangible assets? What about actual assets? Uh, could this business be taken over? You know, what if, what is the core value of that business if things really start being really bad, right? And at the same time, at the other end of the spectrum, you need to think about opportunities. How is this business going to develop? Where are the growth opportunities? Uh, what is going to drive my value proposal from an equity uh, perspective? So I, that makes it uh, challenging, but also uh, very interesting. I think the most important for us when we select convertible uh, investment is to avoid value traps. So value traps would be uh, a very safe company from a credit perspective, but with no growth prospects. So what's the point of that? You might as well buy a traditional bond. Uh, or you can have a, a company which is very exciting, which has very exciting growth prospects, but maybe it's not very well managed uh, maybe uh, the asset quality is quite poor. Uh, and so if things don't go as planned, you'll be massively exposed. So this is the, uh, the, the beauty, in a way, of uh, investing in, in convertible bonds and the elements you need to consider when making investments. It seems like you really have to just basically have a, a mind open to all the factors affecting these businesses. Um, on that theme, um, ESG is definitely a topic that seems to be coming up more and more with um, both companies and investors. Is this something that plays into the Converts universe and the analysis you take out on these companies? Oh, yes, absolutely. I think uh, that uh, all market participants, and especially us, have been focusing on uh, sustainability and ESG analysis. Um, this is I would say it's most of what we do uh, these days uh, when we look at businesses, when we talk to management uh, teams. Uh, it's such a, a key element for us. And we we think that it's, it's already an element of differentiation in performance between assets, but it would be, it would be increasingly so uh, in the coming years. Um, 2022 was interesting because I think that uh, ESG considerations were really on the back burner. They didn't play as much of a role as in previous years, but we think this is a bit of a pause in a more profound uh, trend. And so going forward, we think better businesses, businesses with better sustainability prospects will be rewarded. Um, and so we continue to screen to screen for those. And, and that, again, I, I think is a really interesting um, way of looking at the universe in terms of what the go forward picture is. But before we get onto that, um, today, the converts market has seen a bit of an uptick in issuance at the same time as other markets are, are maybe a little bit quieter, less IPOs, less corporate bond issuance. Um, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on why you think that is. What's driving this renewed focus from the converts market or, or converts an asset class? One simple answer, higher rates, higher rates. Uh, when rates are very low, all in rates are very low, uh, companies are naturally uh, incentivized to issue traditional straight debt because they pay very low coupons. 
So why bother in a way? <laughs> Obviously, interest rates have risen uh, significantly, enormously, which means that uh, some businesses, even very high quality businesses, very high credit quality businesses, uh, are facing much higher interest rate cost. And that impacts the profitability. And so CFOs are incentivized to look for other ways, uh, other means of financing with lower coupons. And converts are exactly that. As an investor, when you buy a convert from a company, you're giving away a bit of coupon, and in exchange, you're getting an equity optionality. So uh, this is a, a very attractive environment, both for companies to issue, but also for investors. Because uh, if you're ready to give up that bit of coupon, you can get very attractive uh, upside optionality. And uh, we think this is going to be a big driver of performance for the asset class in the, in the, in the coming years, a pickup in the primary market. So based on the activity you're seeing in markets today, what does that do to your outlook for the asset class going forward over the next 12 months to uh, maybe even further out to three years? Look, it's, it's um, difficult, as we, as we explained earlier, taking a view on direction of markets is really hard. I think converts will outperform uh, other asset classes because, as I said, we'll see primary market issuance, which historically has always been a, a boost uh, to performance, because we will see flows from equity investors trying to reduce their risk and uh, diversify their, their portfolios. Um, I think also we might see fixed income investors uh, trying to avoid long duration assets and volatility on interest rates. And I think also that the convertible bonds, the optionality embedded in convertible bonds is generally cheap. Uh, we had this big market dislocation at the beginning of 2022. It created what I would call a deep value uh, opportunity for converts and the asset class has only started re-rating. So we see um, 2023 as the beginning of a new cycle uh, in terms of uh, valuation for convertible bonds. Thanks, Pierre. I think, um, you know, we've discussed, we've covered quite a lot of the universe at the moment. And I, I think it, it sounds like a, a really interesting opportunity, especially from all angles, depending on whether you're coming from it from an equity or a fixed income perspective. So uh, thank you for your thoughts on that. Finally, I, I just wanted to kind of ask a question. Um, it, it's a, a, an asset class that I think a lot of clients are unfamiliar with. Um, but it's probably a, a more curious question around how, how did you actually get into the asset class in the first place? Um, did you come from the equity side or the fixed income side, or, or did you come from the third option entirely? I'm, I'm coming from the from the risk side. My background is in uh, pricing equity derivatives um, and uh, and also fixed income derivatives, as a matter of fact. And I was managing risk um, in uh, previous jobs. Uh, and because this asset class has a uh, fairly strong quant component and derivatives component um, in pricing optionality, of course, uh, that's how I came to uh, manage convertible bonds. <laughs> so uh, that's that's a that's an interesting question. I think there are uh, quite a few of us uh, in the in the same um, or in the same position. We started uh, looking at derivatives and came to the uh, to the asset class afterwards. So um, you don't need to be a quant to 
uh, invest in convertible bonds, but it, it sounds like it helps. I think the thing about convertible bonds is that you can be a former equity investor. Uh, you can be you can come at it from a credit investor. You can come at it from a more from a risk perspective, maybe, which is more my my, my background. Um, it's it's a challenge, of course. There are many moving parts, but there are also so many angles, so many opportunities. Uh, so it's very it's very dynamic. It's moving a lot. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed. Thanks, Pierre Henri. That was an incredibly enlightening discussion. I, I think we managed to cover an incredible lot over a fairly short amount of time, and hopefully, we've given people some thoughts around uh, a different way of tackling their equity market exposure today. Um, really appreciate your thoughts and your time, and um, I, I hope um, we'll get a chance to do this again at some point. If you're enjoying the show, please like and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, Good luck and goodbye. Thank you very much. This podcast is provided by RBC Global Asset Management, RBC GAM, for informational purposes and may not be reproduced, distributed, or published without the written consent of RBC GAM. This podcast does not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or to sell any security product or service in any jurisdiction, nor is it intended to provide investment, financial, legal accounting, tax, or other advice and such information should not be relied or acted upon for providing such advice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This product is not available for distribution to investors in jurisdictions where such distribution would be prohibited. Investment and economic outlook information has been compiled by RBC GAM from various sources. Information obtained from third parties is believed to be reliable, but no representation or warranty expressed or implied is made by RBC GAM or its affiliates or any persons as to its accuracy, completeness, or correctness. RBC GAM and its affiliates assume no responsibility for any errors or omissions.